Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike. Also joining us here, I have more of a voice this time as we give you a full-fledged Oscar review of the movie Wakanda Forever, the Black Panther 2 entry just put out by Marvel as we record this here on the 11th of November. It is officially the premiere date as we are recording this. Mike and I both saw this last night, Michael. Yeah, I'm excited about how much we have prepared and I'm even more excited about the fact that we just threw it all away and said, no, we really want to see this movie. Let's yeah. just go see this movie and let's do an episode on this movie. And then we've been living in it the last, you know, eight hours, just uh, just enjoying, you know, the film study aspect of it all. So I feel like we pulled this thing together, even though I have the Oscar Betts episode. <laughs> it's fully prepared. And then yesterday, last night, I prepared a full, uh, you know, Oscar race checkpoint. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have those coming up for people where we got to review some other movies. But like, we just we can't wait on this film. This is hitting mm-hmm. now. This is a major major you know movie event on the year and uh, look at it's gonna be an oscars player right yeah and the previous one was right i mean we'll get into all the statistics of it but black panther won uh not only obviously winning the sag ensemble if my memory is serving me correctly but it was a a threat i think it was like 25 to 1 by the time that uh oscar sunday rolled around to win best picture of everything uh it was a multi-time nominee obviously so this one we had high expectations for the reception for this one mixed bizarre. I, I think really bizarre weird. is a really good weird word i don't even know that mixed is a good word but bizarre is a really good word and we'll get into all of it um if you've not joined us before for an oscars review or a movie review they're basically two reviews for the price of one we're not going to spoil wakanda forever for you in the first half of this episode as we never do the first half of those review episodes such as this one are always spoiler free we'll talk about the reception our viewing experiences we'll give everything an oscars lens tell you about where we think this movie will fit into this year's oscars race then you will have a spoiler warning at the midway point of the episode we'll do all spoilers for the second half so don't worry if you've not seen wakanda forever yet we will not spoil it for you until the second half of this episode the timestamps can be found in the show notes uh where do you want to begin here mike well let's just begin by saying they brought back much of the team which is very cool by mm-hmm. by marvel and wise you know ryan coogler his co-writer joe robert cole they came back we're going to discuss a lot of the the, the crew people that uh, were were either oscar nominated last time or may maybe oscar nominated this time ruthie carter etc coming back and the team is is assembled and then the star passes away they were they were given this impossible situation. Impossible. Completely impossible. And I think the audience going in is a little hesitant on how they should feel about this. They want to be super excited because you you remember 2018. There were kids dancing on tables yeah. before that release. So thrilled to be able to come see that, that film. That viral video, yeah. And... I think there was that overall expectation that this was going to be a celebratory Marvel film. This is not like a mourning, right? I mean, we're not just grieving Chadwick Boseman when we go into this film. We're still expecting a fun movie. It's given yet, both. I mean, we, you have your time to breathe and, and to you know be sad, and the movie works, bakes that into it, but it also is a celebration as well, yeah. And yet I'm kind of sensing that the box office for that matter, and I'm sensing that the audience from that for that matter is, is a little... I mean, they're tiptoeing into this one more than I expected. Do, do you get that feeling? Because my audience was weird last night. Like, they didn't clap at all. My audience was... 
just very calm and quiet and subdued coming in coming out and i'm looking at these box office projections nobody knows what to make of them we're seeing some polarized film twitter yeah reviews <laughs> it's bizarre and it's just and it's polarized by the white idiots out there just. it really i mean it really if you go down and this is such a, a celebratory movie uh, of of all kinds of groups but if you go down just scrolling film twitter last night it was like a lot of minority critics and reviewers and pundits were were all speaking very highly of this as I think I'm going to, and you're going to throughout this, but there was such a stark contrast between a lot of white reviewers, not all of them, obviously, but there was a stark contrast between white and non-white reviewers and the way they accepted this movie. Yeah. Somehow. And I I was just telling you, like, I'm worried about how white I am. I'm I'm at the point in my life. You loved that George Clooney, Julia. I loved every solitary second of Ticket to Paradise, and I remember walking out of that film, just almost tweeting it. I probably should have like, how effing white am I? I, Like, I am the most Caucasian person that I loved Uh this Julia Roberts, George Clooney rom com. The whitest, stupidest thing ever is beautiful, gorgeous, hilarious. I just I putty in their hands. And yet, somehow, I don't agree with like the Caucasian contingent of yeah. uh, film reviewers that just have to take the piss out of this. Not not take, but they they have to like knock this movie down a few pegs. When that's there's I, it's there's also this weird thing, Mike. I didn't even yeah. know if I was going to bring this up, but like people are able to speak so definitively about being meh on this kind of movie, whereas like. Uh, the last Thor movie, I didn't see the same reaction, which was a meh Marvel movie. I don't think this one is. I think this is much better than the last Thor movie. But I feel like people are so willing to stake their claim and say, like, if, if you're down on this movie, it's a definitive fact that this is not a great movie. But as any other Marvel movie that doesn't meet your expectations, you're able to cherry pick highlights. I didn't see that with this one, which is, again, it's just a bizarre reaction so far. I, I'll be honest with you. I think this is a very good Marvel movie. Is it I a too. great one? And I, that's the question I had. That the fact that we all expected a great movie, maybe like the first one, our expectations were wildly I? unfair. I mean, it's unfair. I don't because it is an impossible task, like you said, to lead this off with. Like Ryan Coogler was tasked with doing something that nobody really has ever had to do in terms of a comic book movie. Certainly not in terms of the MCU before. Right. And and pay homage to this guy who was a, a stand up person, never mind the character that he played within the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So to honor him and then to tell the story going forward without that character and deal with the, the definitive passing both in real life and in the universe of that of T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman, both the man and the character. You know, it's I don't know that we should have been thinking this was going to be an Oscars contender. And yet I still think this is going to contend for Oscars. All things considered, like up against that degree of difficulty, a plus. Right. If you look Agreed. at this movie on its own, it's going to get a lesser grade from us, but still a strong. Like I'll be honest, I'll give you my grade right off the bat. I'm giving this a solid B grade. Yeah. I got a lot of issues. I'm B plus myself. Yep. And I got a lot of positives, <clears throat> and that's where I'm at with it. So I just I'm very curious at the over, the film going audience. Like, what is this movie going to make over its I guess four day weekend? Well, but, the the thing there is, I don't know that there's a lot of repeat ability in this one. I think the first one there was. Mm-hmm. I think this is, this movie isn't, it's a weird Marvel movie in terms of if you go in expecting basically the first one redux, you're not getting that. I think Ryan Coogler purposely made like one of the most realistic political dramas in the last 20 or 25 years. It's It's a fascinating gauntlet that he was given, right? Because... 
here he's going into a movie where he cannot make a traditional MCU film. Mm-hmm. And he still has to give us elements of the superhero genre, of course. Right. But you cannot go with all the normal quips. You cannot go with all the normal jokey jokes and all the arguing away and joking away of the obvious uh, illogistical objections, something that we've said a hallmark for the uh, franchise at large. You can't go into that because you're dealing with this serious premise, this most serious of premises yet. And he has to follow through on that tonally. And yet he has to somehow move the story forward mm-hmm. towards this, uh, an the overall, MCU. Yeah, the overall phase four, phase five is of what's going on in yeah, fighting. You're going to pick up with the MCU threads down mm-hmm. the line. However, this film has to tackle a plot that is, and I guess he got the freedom, it's freeing that he can tackle a plot that goes, I don't want to say transcends the superhero genre because that's insulting, but right. truly has to live beyond this genre thus far. Now, the first film was able to tackle issues thematically outside of the MCU that, that we've never sure. dealt with in, in the MCU before, and yet it's still kind of hung to the formulas, right? This movie comes back to a few, like you're going to get a big fight finale, but right. it's a different style. And it's certainly, or we'll get into it in spoilers. I, I am refreshed by what he tried to tackle in this film. Same. Absolute same. I mean, the, the, the subtext of this and the messages of this are quite unlike... I mean, in some ways, you get them in, in almost every MCU film, because obviously the, the whole idea of superheroes and mutants and all that are to be a, a mirror up to society, right? Mm-hmm. And so he takes those aspects head on, but I don't think they've been addressed as head on in previous iterations. But it, it, it also fits into the MCU canon where, like, you know, every MCU movie is its own type of genre film. And we did that when we did our big MCU review leading up to Endgame. We noticed that. I think this is its own type of genre film. I think the genre is political drama for this one. That's what that's my take. And yet I think our criticisms of those quote unquote genre films, just like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, it's like half measures. It's a genre, yeah. it's a light, right. it's a horror. Because it has tinged. to be. Right. It has right. to be. It's still I mean, we're still MCU. dealing with a man with wings on his ankles, you know? <laughs> right. We're still we still get we still get the, the hero versus villain stuff. Right. However, I, I just think this is much more nuanced and for a much larger portion of the film, we do get the political drama. We do get the psychological character study. And even though they kind of crystallize it in big Marvel events, I, f- I followed that through line with much more clarity than, than other films. And be- that's where I give credit. And we're going to get into the, obviously the production values and all this, but like, that's where I give credit right. to the editing. And I know you and I disagree on. Oh the yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, overall, I'll, I'll agree with you on the editing in that regard. I just, there were clunky issues with it. So that's my biggest thing to, to finish up kind of my overall composition thoughts here is that like they bungled some little things that I was surprised they could have screwed up, especially after so many Oscar nominations in the last film. You know, we, we had how many? One, two, whoops. Was it six off the top of my head? We had... It's score been Oscars, it, and I'm just totally just grasping at what the Oscar relevancy of this is. You we know? watch too many movies. We <laughs> original score at one Ludwig Göransson, Ruthie Carter won costume design, and then uh, they won production design. Hannah Beachler, Jay Hart, 
We also had original song by uh, Kendrick Lamar nominated, but it lost the best picture lost sound editing and sound mixing. Yeah, so this was the rare, this was the tech darling of that year. We didn't get any uh, three for uh, seven, three for performances. We didn't get any director or anything like that, carrying it to the uh, best picture nomination that it had last time. And maybe we will again. I don't know that we think this is necessarily a best picture contender. I am higher on that idea than I think you are. Um, I also think a lot of this, I don't, I'm going in a billion different directions and I apologize. Right. Mike, no, it's good. But I think a lot of my digestion of how this is going to be received at large is, and your digestion is, I mean, it's anecdotal, but it's also driven by, we had two very vastly different viewing experiences. It sounded like. So you had a rowdy crowd. Yeah. And a very, happy one. An emotional and, and, you know, a reactive one and one that was shouting out at the screen and one that was gasping at times. And I, I never clapped in a movie theater in my life. And I felt compelled. <laughs> I had to do a little like, like Said this in my podcaster. seat at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Said the movie podcaster. I, I refuse. I think it's so dumb. Like, you know, nobody's here. <laughs> no, nobody that made this thing is in this theater with us. I mean, you're the progressive commercial come to life, is what you are. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so but, that being said, I, I did a little in my seat last night because it was just like, it was emotional. And the crowd made it emotional for me. But you I, had kind of the opposite experience. I'm thrilled for you. I did not have that experience. You also saw it in the much bigger theater. I kind of mm. had had to be relegated into a smaller smaller uh, normal theater which might have hurt my viewing experiences in other ways because i thought it was very dark i wasn't happy with the screen yeah. quality i was surprised to see you say that yeah the lighting i was like who lit this the people that did the long night episode of game of thrones <laughs> like, this battle like i mean some of it's gorgeous it's on the beach it's in broad daylight great but some of it's like oh, what are we doing mm-hmm I, I did not. I did not have that problem. Maybe it was a theater thing. I mean, and I could be completely wrong too. Maybe it was. Maybe you're spot on there. I would love to know what other people feel about the lighting of this. But I do think. I guess to kind of bring us back on track, I do think they handled several of the core character arcs extremely well with crystal clarity. I mean, righteous morals. I, I sure. really am proud. Like you, you should be proud of this movie. The way they handled the the ethics of it. And I, I think uh, Ryan Coogler, that's a testament to him and Joe Robert Cole and the cast and crew, et cetera. Really, you, you got to walk away feeling refreshed and invigorated and just wholesome. I mean, it's it's really is wholesome for them to handle these these issues so well. And yet I feel like somehow the ensemble suffered, even though they handled the core characters well, like you, you typically have an ensemble in an MCU film that's able to joke and quip, and there's so many comic relief characters, and they're very giving and generous with all of the one-liners, and you can't have that in a movie like this because it has to follow the serious tone for much more of it than you'd expect. And when they do try to give a few characters some extra jokey jokes... My God, was it difficult and cringeworthy. So that's where I'm like, again, they they, they do the big things so right. Mm-hmm. And the little things that we've come, all the garnishes that we've come to just love with this MCU. And, and I mean, like the frosting on the cake, if you right. will, that those didn't work for me. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I also think maybe that was purposeful. I don't think this one was, again, meant to be as, as lighthearted because the subject matter... To me, he was telling the story of basically, you know, 
the behind-the-scenes machinations of how America approaches international conflict, or how yeah. any nation, I guess, could approach international. And so there's not room for a lot of jokey jokes in there. And so, yeah, maybe they did feel out of place. But that said, when, when it comes to the characters, for a movie that's got a lot, a lot, a lot of exposition and expositional done by characters and with characters, right? it still does, does well enough to establish the characters we don't know yet. Like, Namor, Tina Huerta is a, a stud. He... I mean is one of my new favorite characters. Yeah, Love him. he was great. And the the ethos of that character I thought was complex and di- the diversity of, and uh, depth and complexity of all the characters. To make up good political drama, you have to kind of have complex and deep and layered nuanced characters. And I thought the script really afforded that. So where it maybe lacked in some of the, you know, frills that you usually get with an MCU type offering, I think there was more reinvested into those areas. Now, that said, because that happened... Yes, I can absolutely see where people are kind of let down by that because you want to see a love. If you're going to see an MCU movie, it's a popcorn movie. You don't want to have to think maybe as deep or as complex about these types of issues. You kind of want to use these movies as an escape from those everyday real life issues. So that could I can I see that hurting the return box office or the repeat viewings? Sure. Well, it's the question that I started it off with. Are you going to this movie to mourn Chadwick Boseman? If that's the case, then this film handles... Chadwick Boseman's death extremely well. Again, the bit, the most impossible Agreed. aspect of this, yep. we'll get into it in spoilers. And it does, exactly and, I mean, this isn't did. a spoiler. They they go right into it. Like, I, you don't have to wait. I was floored and relieved Me too. at how they handled that. And I, I was I was emotional during that that fact. And then you bring you carry the story forward on the back of that sorrow, but you don't wallow in it. You can't wallow in it. And it has momentum. It has enough sure. momentum, even though you're right. You are expositing so much more with the world building of right. this entire other civilization, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there are some hits and misses in, in again, things that I thought were layups. Like, they have this new character that should have been a layup. There's going to be a Disney Plus series. And I thought they bungled half of that. Now I'm not the only one that thought so, but we'll you know we'll get into it in spoilers. Weird that they would f- kind of have ups and downs with that when, especially the Black Panther being introduced in Civil War was perhaps the the highlight and the textbook playbook. <clears throat> that's the right way to introduce a character as a spinoff in somebody else's film in civil war i mean the way i agree but do we give anything to the fact that now we're reaching i mean black panther wasn't a well-known commodity but it was at least a mainline marvel property now we're deep deep diving right i mean we're digging deep now into the marvel properties as far as like well-known characters and stuff i think the audience came with a bit of a an exposition or a bit of a background to who t'challa at least kind of was as a comic book character right i think that helped if what I'm trying to say is, if it was apples to apples, yes, obviously the Black Panther introduction in Civil War was done better than this character was in this movie, mm-hmm. but it also helped that we are we were way more familiar with the Black Panther character, I think, as an audience than we are going forward now. Well, with it any goes back be introduced. from Black Widow to Spider Man, his reintroduction to to Black Panther or Black Widow to Black Panther to Spider Man more more aptly there in sequence they've done a marvelous job up till now sure and the last few like america chavez and dr strange in the multiverse of madness 
we both cringed throughout that introduction. It's just, you know, I've heard the word right. plucky being used as an insult <laughs> when describing the the next gen, right. right? The next generation of Marvel characters. And come on, they got to be more than just plucky. Right. I think they're kind of leaning into the Peter Parkerness of it all far too much, and that's aggravating. I would say. Like sure, every I, I I get that complaint. Right, every new character doesn't have to be Peter Parker, but overall, like the acting is is on point here. I I think Angela Bassett should indeed be a contender and supporting actress, and I I think our I think our pundits tend to agree. We'll we'll get to an Oscar lens to finish that up in a minute, Mike. Any more thoughts on the performances? Do you want to uh, praise anybody else for a second, or uh, do we dive into the rest of production values? I've kind of already said my negatives there. The only thing about performances, I didn't expect this to be the Letitia Wright vehicle that it was. I mean, she is the the she's at the forefront of all the marketing. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect her to be, you know, this episode's Chadwick Boseman. She kind of is for the most part, and she does a great, good enough job with her with her skills. I thought she's excellent. I, yeah. I thought she carried this film for her part of it, and the film works because of her right. performance. She's done some really good work in in small acts in uh, in Aisha, a film I saw at Tribeca. I have not seen the Silent Twins yet, but I've heard her performance praised there. That that'll come out soon on VOD for six dollars. Right now it's twenty bucks. I'm just uh, if I miss it in theaters with my AMC Plus, sometimes I don't go in for it, but mm. I probably should anyway. Uh, I think uh, I I will definitely see that going forward. She she's she's a talent. She's just a yeah, talent she deserving of of these these principal roles and huge blockbuster properties. So you're right there. In terms of the production values, again, some let me down, and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Cinematography, it could have been my theater. The VFX, which was shocking to me, the some of the VFX was so clunky and awkward, and like this is just a genre of superheroes that fly around and do cool shit. And yet, I'm watching that like, oh, that's a cartoon. That's a cartoon. That's a cartoon. That's a cartoon. I was so surprised that the VFX was lousy in some scenes that it kind of distracted me from how good it was in other scenes. So I don't have any, like, stark complaints about the VFX. But I also know that I wasn't totally focused on them as much as I was the story and the narrative and the, you know, the depths and the complexities that I was talking about with the exposition. So that's probably on me. I, I, I don't like the Eternals. I thought kind of the VFX stuck out in some areas where it was like, wow, that was, I didn't have any of that this time. You saying you did for the positive or for the negative, for the negative. Well, for the negative, I did for the negative. I did. And I'll be honest, surrounding the character of Namor, I was really surprised that Hmm. some of his VFX didn't look good. Okay. It kind of looked clunky and I was, that was bizarre. I did not expect that. Uh, I will say that the costume design, Ruthie Carter, she did it again. Yeah, the, she always does. The production design's a little hit and miss. I did not expect some of these settings to be as underwhelming as they were. Maybe You be- hate water, people. I, <laughs> I'll just say this. Taylor Khan has nothing on Gungan City <laughs> or Aquaman's Atlantis, which is shocking to me. How do they how do they make it underwhelming compared to those other two cartoon water cities? I guess 
I'm sorry, it didn't work as well as those. But it's uh, it's not as massive in scope. I if you're talking about the scope of it, I completely agree. The production I, again, production design, cinema quality, cinema cinema quality. Good lord, yeah, we're cinema quality, mm-hmm. cinematography, <laughs> production design, VFX. That's all turns into a mishmash with me at a certain point. So I don't know what exactly to blame because I can't tell what's real and what's not at a certain point. Well, after so, one viewing, if we watch this a couple right, more times, I'm right. sure you'd be able to. So, like, all I can say is, yeah, I can buy the argument that what is supposed to be this Atlantis-like kingdom underwater was kind of minor in scope from what we saw. Now, visuals aside, the sound struck me. I, I love the sound design, the score. I oh my god, do I That's love great. some of the fight score mm-hmm. of this? And the original song was moving. Mm-hmm. Everybody has Rihanna's "Lift Me Up." That's in. That's as, in. I mean, as the, the way the way it's used in this, it's in. Yeah. So so let's kind of just I'll rip off where Feinberg has things. Sure. It's Wakanda Forever is fifth in his best picture. New new Feinberg for That's what I'm saying, man. I, I think it's higher than a lot of people think it is in best picture right now. Eighth in director. Letitia Wouldn't Wright. Wouldn't surprise me to see him, to see Coogler break through with this. I mean, I could. Can, this is an easy narrative to run away with. Letitia yeah, Wright is, is loaded. Yeah, 11th in actress. Angela yep. Bassett is first in supporting actress. Doesn't surprise me at for all. For Scott. Tenth in adapted screenplay. I actually said, "Here's your Oscar." After that scene with Angela Bassett, and we have uh, first an original song for both uh, Clayton Davis and Feinberg. And I'll rip off Clayton's rankings right yeah. now. He's a little lower. Thirteenth for best picture. Twentieth for director. Angela Bassett is fourth in his supporting actress. This is 14th in adapted screenplay, and he goes beyond. He does all categories, Clayton. God love him. Third in production design, fifth in cinematography, second in costume design, 10th in editing, sixth makeup and hair, eighth in sound, third in VFX, fifth in original score, and like I said, first in song. So, based so Clayton's on- got eight nominees right now <clears throat> in terms of what's in the top five in those categories for him. And based on kind of the shared projections and kind of my rankings i would say i'm like pretty solid on six nominations song supporting actress costume production design and despite my misgivings i'm guessing black panther is going to get nominated in vfx and then best picture i think those six are probable no well if you're gonna give it those five then yeah i think best picture has to be there now it's yeah. It's kind of the same blueprint as the first Black Panther. It's going to ride, for the most part, the technicals. A supporting actress is such a wide open field right now that you can tell me that Angela Bassett is your number one, or you could tell me she's your number seven. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that, I mean, this isn't like a runaway performance like I kind of was expecting, but nonetheless, it was a very, very good. And if she's nominated, I have absolutely no qualms with that whatsoever. But I wouldn't be shocked to see her left out at the end of the day, would you? I would uh, be I would be surprised. Would I you? think okay. she's she's going off, but there are wild cards in that category because we have how many women talking? We have you know Nina Hoss just emerged from Tar, right? She wasn't really in the mix for, for Kiki so long. Palmer. Just officially was told uh, I was put posited as a supporting. She should reasoning. absolutely be nominated. She's my fir- number one right now on the yep. year, 
and uh, we were worried about some accusations of category fraud there because she's front and center for the for so much of Nope, but she's just incredible. And as a, as an action movie, we, I mean, we just praised her in the scaries, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how you rank sound, score, production design. I think song, supporting actress, costumes, those are solid. Those are the most solid. The I production, would agree. Yeah, production design, sound, VFX are probably the next wave. Do they give score another nomination this year? Like, that's where I'm wondering. Like, do the repeat noms come back? Sound, uh, score, which one? Costumes, which one? Do they get double credit this time? I think like costumes should because now you have a whole nother civilization. My God, I mean, it looked gorgeous. Look, if Ruth Ruth Carter's doing it, then it deserves to be nominated. I, mm-hmm. I'm done. She is Meryl Streep of her domain. We may not have the vacuum in visual effects, though. That's the like Avatar, <laughs> Batman. Look, I mean, we could go down the list in visual effects. There are strong visual effects this year. Nope. I think the over under for this. I think if you're looking for that type of action, I, the, I would put the over under at five because if you don't get that fifth nominee, then you probably, well, not probably, you there's less likely of a chance you land in best picture weird because i was wanting to take an under and yet your over under is so low that i have to take an over now well that's the point of vegas that's why they make the lines <laughs> <laughs> like you're reading me and you're just well, giving that, me an over under like, it just it's just i think there's three slam dunk nominees right now right i mean i i would say definitely costume song definitely song I would probably say sound before I said supporting actors, just because I'm so worried about. But okay, you could say three, you could say four, fine. If you get those four, are you assured a best picture nominee just with those four? No, my right. argument would be right. But if you get a fifth one, it's re- going to be really hard to keep yourself out of best picture. Sound, you have sound that high. Clayton had it eighth, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I would say costume design or sound. One, one costume design is probably costume up design's there. there for me. It's, I don't. I mean, right. this has to be nominated for costume design. That yeah. scene in the in the in uh, Winston Duke's area alone, with all those different costumes, my lord. They did push. They did push it to another level and give us more. I mean, the the funeral s- scene that we yeah. saw. Oh yeah. In the trailer. On next level, gorgeous. And I'm not even thinking hair and makeup. That could be. Man, maybe I am too low. Maybe it would be six. Hair and makeup might might I might have to be there yeah. again with the. With the blue people. Yeah. I Look at... And gun- the face paint during the, the funeral processions and all that, yeah. The hair and makeup probably should be there as well. So you, we Yeah, could, we're probably... For, yeah, we're probably talking about six or seven here. That's what I expected going into this movie, and I still got that. So why am I slightly disappointed with Because it's my a different tone? type of movie. Yeah. And we'll get into it in spoilers. Let's do that. Spoilers ahead! This is... A spoiler warning. This is the spoiler section for the movie Black Panther Wakanda Forever brought to you by Mike, Mike and Oscar. The Oscars profile review of that movie. I'm your co-host Mike One, co-host also Mike. If you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause on us. Go check it out at your local theater. We'll be here waiting for you to come back and hit play. Uh, If you've seen the movie already, if you're just so hyped up to hear what we thought about the ins uh, ins and outs of the plot, this is where you want to be. All spoilers from this point forward for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The Oscars profile from Mike, Mike and Oscar. Michael, 
we, we ended the non-spoiler section talking about some drawbacks, why it's a weird MCU movie, some hesitations we had, even though we were pretty much praising it all throughout. Where do you want to start here? Well, I'll actually start with like one of the major things they did well right from okay. the jump. Uh, I, I will have some drawbacks throughout. And it's like one of those things, Mike, where we're, I'm nitpicking in, in many ways because they tackled this impossible job. You had the star, movie star, who built up his career to a point where he was, I mean, the first black movie star in the MCU. Yeah. With a $1.35 billion property. Yeah. He tragically dies. And I was genuinely terrified that we would get a superhero death death scene to start this film. They did not do that. They just essentially stayed honest to what really happened. Yeah, well, the trailer, the teaser trailer was basically the start of this movie, which we praised. And we said, you know, that that no woman don't cry Kendrick Lamar crossover. Uh, that the funeral scene is how you begin this movie, basically. I mean, there's well, there's, there's the harrowing death uh, announcement. Yeah, there's from... Shuri trying to get this DNA, this heart together to save him, and she's just short. But you never see Chadwick Boseman. All you see is the resignation and the disdain or the disappointment on on uh, the face of of the queen there, uh, Queen Ramonda, Angela Bassett's character. Shuri is told that Black Panther's heartbeat is zero, and then we go right into the funeral. The worst way they could have handled this was a cartoon Black Panther suited character defeated by something that could defeat the Black Panther suit and essentially, you know, kill him on the spot. Like if you had an actual superhero death scene, this would have trivialized the entire character and marvelized and contrived the pass, you know, the passing of what what is now a legendary, you know, uh, figure on and off. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, they actually that. just told the truth. They told the truth. T'Challa kept the secret uh, illness, and it Shuri can't help him with technology at the end of it, which haunts her character throughout the film. Yep. So it was important to show her wrestling with this tragedy in that scene, in that opening scene. And then Ramonda is tasked with telling her her daughter, which again just she's racked with with so much emotion. And it's, it's great that they, you know, they're able to turn this into a story about how her mother cares for her children, too, and parlay that into this story about war and the political machinations of how we get to war like that. The, again, impossible task, and it's handled about as well, both in terms of being respectful to T'Challa, being respectful to Chadwick Boseman and his family and his fans, and being respectful to where the MCU needs to go. Now, the fact that they put the POV in Shuri's perspective there. I had no doubts from that moment on that she was the next Black Panther. Do you wonder why they might have hidden that fact? Like, why didn't they lean into the fact that she was going Because of the controversy. I have no doubt. Because of the COVID controversy? All the controversies attached. I mean, the COVID controversy, she got injured on set. You know, she was dealing with the rehab and stuff like that. They had to shut down production. There was, you know, part of the reason I didn't, I I was thinking about bringing this up in non-spoilers and talking about how much of a Letitia Wright picture this is and why I was kind of surprised to see it be a Letitia Wright picture. Well, part of the reason I'm I'm happy that it was is that she was able to withstand all those controversies and this this movie didn't get mired down in those. Right. And it's, it's able to stand on its own two legs. And I'm kind of, I'm glad for that, for her performance and for her ability as a movie star to carry this forward and she gets to don the black panther suit but i i am wholly convinced that is the reasons why those are the reasons maybe 
because then the like the poster comes out and she's front and center of front the poster. So yep. we of everything she, too. Not only just right. the poster, but the the advertising they've done on IMDb, on Nissan commercials, yes. everywhere. I mean, she is the face. And I, I had said to you, I don't remember if it was on air or off, but I was I was kind of upset because I wanted Angela Bassett to take on the role in a way that would be a cool old school, just you know, culmination. There was a moment a, I thought it year. was going to be her. I mean, they right. still they, they hit the ball well enough, I thought, where it was like they, you know, you don't actually know it's Shuri until it's actually Shuri, even though it seems like all th- all signs are pointing eh, that way. Yeah. Well, but we kind of figured it was right. going to be her or they were going to twist us. Right. But uh, I- I'm thrilled with how they handled it. Now, I do have to be a jerk in this sense and, and mention the fact that why <sighs> we have Wakanda being isolated again yeah this is like the most annoying thing about the mcu right now and you mention it every single time we review it so i'll be the jerk that mentions it now (laughs) usually you're the jerk but i'm the jerk now Uh, if i can't backhand more people with my compliments in this (laughs) if i'm going down i'm taking you all with me (laughs) no there are 30 movies and eight tv series just expanding this universe by with with it's seemingly dozens of heroes every year more than that and we have Wakanda left to their own devices somehow after they were so instrumental in waging war for the Avengers against Thanos. And we have all of these blood packs with all these people who would well, <laughs> who would die for them. And yet we have them being essentially terrorized by N- Namor. And yet well, they, they, nobody knows Namor exists, though. Right. But they, they are the only ones who are aware of Namor and they keep that a secret. Wouldn't they say, hey, you know what? Oh, you want to attack us? Good luck with that, number one. But we have all of these allies that are superheroes just like <laughs> you and more powerful than you, my friend. So good luck dealing with 29 other movies and eight TV series and more if you go on all the you know, the, the characters that are being absorbed from the Netflix MCU stuff and from the, from the Fox Marvel stuff that's happening. And good luck dealing with all of them who will come to our aid either now or later, you jerk. I, I, I get the point you're making. I don't think it's a bad one. I think the explanation as to why it can be kind of cast aside though is more prevalent than you're giving it credit for now thematically it works but it's also the issue of every marvel cinematic universe and i mean like it's isolated because it has right. to be because but, but at least they explain my, my point is like they try to it's like the on the floor of the un they bring in how one of their allies tried to turn on them and they say like don't get involved in our shit or we're gonna attack you next Right. That's a scene in the movie that's baked into the movie. There is this it is a political gambit, a political drama. And there is With so the much vibranium vibranium. Right. Being at stake. Okay. Right. And there is so much political disruption behind the scenes in terms of who's the king and who's who's got the throne right now. And we just lost T'Challa. Who has those connections, those political connections to the other world and all that, even though Ramonda clearly just was on the floor of the U.N. saying that she doesn't want anyone in, to, to look at uh, Wakanda at all. You know, like they at least tried to. I, I get your point you're making, and you're and right. And you also have a grief-stricken family. And right. People deal deal with this in, in uh, so, other ways. Like, there was at least an attempt at an explanation. And, and thematically, if the Wakandans ultimately represent a piece of the black community, obviously they have been abandoned throughout history time right. and time again by their quote-unquote Which I think which it was, is personified in Ramonda saying, like, you know, we're not scared of what Vibranium does. We're scared of what you would do with it. 
Right. You know, we trust ourselves. We trust our people with it. But fuck all you. You've all proven yourselves to be great. <laughs> and, and which is personified again in Julia Louis Dreyfus's character. She's at Ramon is absolutely right. So it, it is proven true. Now, should the Winter Soldier have been there after right. they right. put him up? Should right. all of the Avengers have been there? To, is there is aid? that as a counter? Of course, but that's every single one of these movies. Like Doctor Strange should not have to fight off who he fights off in the last movie by himself. Like the rest of the cast, mm-hmm. you know, of, of Marvel characters should. Although, be Although, could there. you imagine the fucking like, <laughs> the White Savior critique well, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. if the Winter Soldier uh-huh. <laughs> in this movie? Oh my! No, no, I don't want the Winter Soldier here. I don't want him there either. I'm just saying it. It could have been acknowledged that it could have been acknowledged in another way that they Bucky's were jerks, on vacation, that they, but that they weren't helping. That they should have right. helped, but that they felt. And you know, look, Mike. I mean, that may be the way this movie ends with Namor. That could very well be what's coming up. Right. Like it could. Be. There, there's a lot of distrust and uneasy partnerships as a result of the ending of this movie. So that could be very much where we're headed. There's a delicate alliance forged between Wakanda and Talokan at the end of this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it ultimately works. I'm just a little annoyed. It's a, it's a, it's a fair critique. This is stretching that disbelief, you know, that, that aspect of the, you know, disbelief. I don't know, but no, it's a fair critique. We'll get into the literal plot, I guess right now, because the major plot line is fairly simple and direct I wonder if this was the pre-Chadwick passing plotline or not. I don't know. But essentially, America discovers Atlantis or what would help lead them to discover Atlantis by accident because they appropriated Riri Williams' 19-year-old's technology. <laughs> MIT school project that is a vibranium detector. Was and she introduced in any? I mean, this is her introduction to the MCU, right? She wasn't. This TV is her show. introduction. This is her introduction, She's which is what we talked about in the non-spoiler. It was. It's kind of clunky. Wunderkind MIT student, yeah. who makes a vibranium detector that, unbeknownst to her, the CIA appropriates and puts in the sea. Lake Bell, of course, is in charge of the SWAT teams and the vessel of excavators that are immediately murdered easily. And a a crazy muscle flex scene. Great scene. We have a parallel muscle flex scene of the Dora Milaje that you referenced earlier where they take out the French SWAT team. Yep. Like you said. So I'm all in for the beginning of this movie. It's really going well. And then we kind of have this clunky introduction of the Riri Williams character in what was some funny banter, but it was between it was between Okoye and Shiri. It was between Denai Guerrera and Letitia Wright's character instead of kind of incorporating the new you know, the new kid on the block. Yeah, her big comic moment was trying to throw something, I forget what it was, at at uh Denai Guerrera who saws it in half. And then Denai Guerrero, you know, mocks her for holding a, a personal space heater as a weapon, too. They all said shit at the same time. Come on. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't I don't love those scenes. And they pale in comparison to previous alliteration, previous uh, <laughs> introductions in, in the MCU's past. So that's yeah, kind I, of I think the idea that the Riri Williams character isn't very multifaceted throughout this movie is probably a fair critique. 
she's just a pawn. Like, she's not developed. But she's also not the focus of this movie. Her technology kind of is, but and, she is kind of a side right. character for all intents and purposes. she's the one whose life is at the pit of negotiations between right. Sherry and Namor. Which makes it a problem, yeah. Because essentially what happens is that you have Namor basically saying, look, I want her dead. I don't want any possible way. But he wants, but he can... doesn't want her dead for out of bloodlust. He wants he wants his kingdom to stay hidden. Mm-hmm. He wants his people protected. This is all the the theory of this movie is we can't if the Americans find us, we're fucked. Because all Americans do is fuck everything up. Right. <laughs> and so Namor wants his kingdom hidden because he doesn't want the uh the vibranium detector to be a thing that's used because there is a whole host of vibranium down in Namor's kingdom. Mm-hmm. So he's worried about them being exposed, and if they're found, fi- if they're found, he's worried about you know war. And, and then so- he's like, "Well, all right, she could live, but let's uh, kill all the other surface right, it, it, right, <laughs> which which is you know it's tough, kind <laughs> it's of a tough look. Yeah. It's it's a weird kind of jump uh, that they made there. I wasn't thrilled by it. However, I thought the way they handled Namor's backstory was excellent. Like his only experience with the surface world involved the horrors of colonial colonization yep. and slavery and genocide regarding his Mayan people. He fights it in the scene that we, we get glimpses of that. I, and it's understandable that he would hit, hide his people and hide himself away from the surface world all, all, all these years. The and fact again, that there's an, there's an attempt made to justify why he's mm-hmm. like, well, okay, if she's going to live, I just have to go to war with everybody because everyone on the land is bad. I mean, there's a lot of mm-hmm. fear the unknown until you expose yourself to somebody of a, that's different than you. I mean, there's that between Namor and Wakanda, the, the, the kingdom in Wakanda too, until Letitia Wright gets taken down by Namor and they start, start to understand each other on kind of a level. Now there's still that main difference in ideology between what can actually happen and, and whether Namor should go to war with everyone or not. And that's the conflict of the movie. But there is this idea that like you fear people who are different from you until you get to know them. And then you realize you have more in common than you realize. I just think they could have worked in like connections to the other superheroes more. Like again, I, this but it's is not just a movie, Mike, I get it, but you could have acknowledged the snap, the snap, like half the telecons would have been snapped and came back, and then he would have been aware of the superhero universe involved above him somehow, right? I mean, he does seem seemingly make cameos. Well, Lupita Nyong'o's character is is privy to that a little bit. She talks a little bit about the snap at one point. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's not. Are you making the argument that you don't think this fits into the MCU? I'm I'm making the argument that they they were very creative in working in all of these complex. Uh, factors right and and you said we we are getting characters that are, are are heavily dimensional they're doing a great job with crystal clear thematics it works why didn't they group in more of the mcu or at least speak them away they typically joke them away right mm. why didn't they spend a little more time on that i i don't know we have such huge momentous activities that involved the Wakandan army at its peak. And yet this film is going to end with a 50 versus 50 battle on top of Noah's Ark. <laughs> like, I'm just a little frustrated in that. And then we, we see the Wakandan people. We see the Wakandan people out 
in force at the funeral. Like we see everybody out on the street wearing white. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And then we have a battle in this, the heart of Wakanda where we see like 50 people again. You know, it's just like a bizarre way to handle it. So your critique here is the same one you had in the war for the planet of the apes when you kind of joked at that, that you were expecting grander scale and it's turned out that it, it looked more like, you know, the scuffle for the hill of the apes instead. It, we, we had war in Wakanda shown to to all of its terrifying glory right in infinity war that was a full-blown wakandan army in out in force fighting against an alien invader my god was that crazy it pays off again in in endgame where their forces are on full display you're making the point as to why why i think this wasn't that right how many times are we gonna do that with the kingdom of wakanda Right. We have Namor bragging about that he has more soldiers than Blades of Grass in Wakanda, and yet all we ever saw was like 50 blue people on Noah's Ark. Again, scary, and and in silhouette, pretty awesome looking, because you get the submarine view looking up Mm -hmm. at all of these... You know, Atlanteans or uh, Telokans riding whales swimming towards. and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it, some cool. of that really worked. And ultimately, I think the ending finale, the Black Panther versus Namor fight was excellent. And I, I, I think that's, that fight. you know, that's where I, I would push back a little, too, is that this was the movie was about those two characters. It was right. Namor and, and Shuri's fight. And it was Shuri's fight within herself as to whether or not, to, you know, is she is she T'Challa or is she Killmonger? You know, I mean, and the balancing of those two, how you have to have a balance of those two to lead a nation. This should have been, I think they were trying to make it more of a civil war, right? Captain America Civil War, which just wound up being Iron Man versus Captain America at the Mm. end of that film with a few other characters involved, kind of throwing, being the wrench. spectacle, yeah. And the ointment kind of thing. But this wound up being Shuri versus Namor. And I, I wish they kind of leaned into that even more than they did. I mean, we had them interacting somewhat, but we have Namor interacting with Ramonda for 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 much of this film as well. I, I wanted more of the Shuri Namor. I think those characters were yeah, but absolutely I think you're getting that going forward too. I, again, yeah. because of the uneasy alliance here, I think mm-hmm. I, I I appreciated it more because I bought the internal struggle that Shuri was faced with at the climax. Mm-hmm. Like, I just and think that was you, you could have had a great movie. You could have had a great movie if you ha- if that's what you focused on. If those two characters, yeah, I mean, and maybe, and again, maybe that's that's coming down the pipeline. Maybe I don't think. I mean, I, can you trust Namor right now if you're Wakanda? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Right. I mean, can, you know, can the U.S. trust <laughs> Iran? And you know, in decades previous to this one, you know, yes and no. It's it's this is real life. This is why I say it's it's not the greatest movie. I agree with you there, but I do think in terms of how politics actually come to be, mm-hmm. I think this is a very realistic telling. And it's like a very realistic showing of how certain decisions are made because of things that happen behind the scenes that lead you to the black and white of, Oh, you should attack or you shouldn't attack that country. Right. I love the way they handled the uh, build up to it. I will say, because you had, I mean, you had the the Rocky montage in a way where she's doing her science stuff, creating the flower, which was fun. Her and Riri Williams. Mm-hmm. I had no qualms with those scenes where she and then she's like, well, I may have cardiac arrest. I want you guys to be here. You sure you don't <laughs> want me to bury you. I mean, that was, that was funny. And then you have her becoming the Black Panther without 
the same fanfare because she is immediately thrust into this revenge story where she reveals propelled by Killmonger. Yeah, Killmonger is her her encounter in the other whatever spiritual plane. I forget what it's called. Your theater didn't gasp with that. No, it didn't. No audible sounds, and maybe I was just. I was I was sitting in the third row, so maybe I wasn't with the rest of the group kind of behind me. I was sitting a little closer than I usually like to sit because I grab tickets late. But still, I didn't I didn't hear a peep behind me. Wow. And it, and it was it was a fascinating back and forth. And I'm glad I'm glad there. Mike I'm glad they reached out to Michael B. Jordan. I'm glad Michael B. Jordan agreed to do it. Uh, it was a very effective scene. He has to do every Ryan Coogler movie, even if it's a cameo. He has to be the new Stanley. I mean, those guys go all the way back. He looks uh, so badass. I want Killmonger to be in Creed three. Never mind Creed. <laughs> he, oh my god, the, just the tattoos again. What an awesome and the villain! Fucking he was hair, just the his best. hair. Jesus Christ, he looks so cool. Black Panther's doing the best. The, this franchise doing the, is doing the best job with all the villains mm-hmm. thus far. Well, that that was going to be a question. Actually, I'm glad you said that. That was going to be a question. Mm-hmm. I, it, so. We talk about Marvel having a villain problem and blah, blah, blah. Is Namor a villain? Well, you hit it on the head. He was not going to be and an, an a total villain. And I think Ryan Coogler has said, you know, in, in interviews that he doesn't like villains in the sense, in that pure sense of the word. He's not going to do the Thanos villain thing, even though the Thanos villain thing is more complex than uh, typical doomsday villains and other in that he was right, and we do need a. In that he was right, no. we probably need to cur- <laughs> call the population. Right, I agree with him. Joking, it. we're joking. <laughs> it's very sensible the argument he made throughout Infinity War. No, a lot I of think, good points. Yeah, <laughs> I do believe that that the MCU has done a a better job than other, let's just say, cinematic universes. Yes, say DC. <laughs> They've done a much better job with the villains. And that was not true. That was not true for our formative years when when you had, right? I mean, Joker characters being studied, right? Like we did in our podcast history. I mean, the Joker was the best villain. And I found found myself, you know, understanding Namor completely. I didn't know who to root for. Right. I mean, it was like a Game of Thrones situation where you had two groups that you were rooting for both of them. And you and were because upset his, with them both. his reflexive is that I'm going to rage war on every... Like, that's so over the top. But because he was so well substantiated as a character, he kind of you kind of have to do something over the top evil in order to... Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is Coogler did such a good job of making me feel for both parties. Mm-hmm. That the only way I was going to be like, oh, I hope Wakanda definitely wins, is if Namor does do something as radical as, well, I'm just going to kill everyone. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Was, I was rooting for peace. I mean, it, this is one of the first <laughs> movies, maybe we're getting more mature, but I think this is very clearly a Marvel movie where you're you're rooting for negotiation, you're rooting for peace, right. you're rooting for them to stop, and, and, and that happens, and you get what you wanted, and it happens at the, the fever pitch of it all unbeknownst to her she sparing him allows the final remnants not to be massacred the final remnants of her forces on the on those are right. there not to be killed right 
and that's why again the 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 political it's such an even-handed approach to both sides of this and you do get and it's done through a lot of exposition and by the way for all as much as many times as we complain about the exposition dumps i mean there's huge exposition dumps in this that are done through montage through great dialogue through back and forth from characters this is the way you do such a big exposition dump i think as well as can be handled i agree and i think that gives you know some weight to the adapted screenplay argument sure. Joe Robert Cole and, and, and Kugler there. I don't think it'll happen. I think it's just too, far too competitive a year. But if this film does somehow gain all the traction in the world and it has coattails, then that may happen. Look, I, I still think they, they, they bungled some small things in this sure. to where I don't think it'll happen. But I, yeah, I guess I could finish with my kind of annoying little nitpicks. But... The fact that Ramunda saved Riri in the water, how did that happen? Literally. I'm literally asking. She drowned face down at the end of it. But before that, she lifted Riri Williams out of the water and saved her? Is that feasibly, physically possible at all? Like, during her last heaving, drowning breath, she's lifting this girl out of the water while she's drowning? It's a fair point. Um, I think... They needed to have a major character death that wasn't Chadwick Boseman. I, I don't think that's just for Black Panther. I think Marvel needed that. Because, like, I, and was has been my big critique of Marvel lately, you were getting to a point where there were no stakes in any of these movies. Right. And nothing really mattered. So for as nonsensical logistically as that death was, I one, it took me by surprise because I really expected Ramona to win out and be there at the end of the movie. But two, I think it was kind of a necessity to prove that, like, there's get some emotional heft into this and, like, make the Shuri character more uh, more at unease and prove that we can we we're capable of surprising you by taking out some of these characters and not just have them be, oh, because Chadwick Boseman passed away. That's why this character has gone. And she was lost, just like her daughter was lost as a character. They were both lost in their grief. They didn't know how to lead their country forward other than kind of go back to their isolationist mm-hmm. style of doing things, which is totally understandable. You you, under, you you get it. And the fact that she called out Denai Guerrera for siding with Killmonger, like in the tradition, like that was, that was an incredible scene. That's her, that's her supporting that actress scene. Right. Now you forget some of those things happen, even though Denai Guerrera wound up doing the right thing in that movie. And going against Killmonger during the the final battle, I think, I think she called her, she called her out like your judgment has been terrible, and now my kid is, you know, I I understand the power of this villain because he broke all our defenses, and now he has my daughter mm-hmm. hostage. Yeah, you're fired. I mean, that's that that was the scene I was in my when she when the, <laughs> have I not given everything scene. That's I was like, oh, here's your Oscar. Yeah. And it totally, totally makes sense that she would be considered as highly in that category. She is based on that one scene alone. Absolutely. So it's maddening how they did the Ramunda Riri Williams stuff, because some of it's really well done and some of it's frustratingly, you know. And Do you again, get the sense that they needed to kill someone off, though? Yeah, sure. I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. that. That's the mentor hero dying so that the younger generation could take over. I mean, that's classical storytelling mm-hmm. 101. And the fact that you make it so emotional in this movie works for, for 
for the film in a, in a in a big way, and it is an inciting incident to push her further into the darkness that was overtaking right. her. Yeah. Absolutely, it works. It's it's a quintessential way of doing it. And again, they they boil things down into these major events that they they nail each one of them. Now, the fact that like Mbaku was a favorite character for me in the last movie, he's kind of re- relegated to this bizarre role like he's this unfunny comic relief character he does not do a good job mentoring shiri's character Mm -mm. everything he says falls on deaf ears so it's like what's the point of him he's basically just the guy who allows all the wakandans to bring their pods over to his snowy mountain village for a while before they're dropped elsewhere because why i guess he gets the big shine at the end of the movie, though, when he steps up to be the king, you know, but I mean, he's that's, that's where well, we leave him. Is he the king? Well, he's at the very end of the movie. He, he says, Shuri is not here. I would like to challenge for the throne. Oh, when but that, yeah, but that's like an unfunny, awkward thing. I want to fight somebody again because this is what I do. I'm back to. Is it a joke? Is it not a joke? I don't really. So you didn't take that seriously. You don't think he's actually I think I thought he was going to be the king of Wakanda. Now, I thought that's where we left him. No, I don't. She's she's in charge. She's the. She's black living captain. with Lupita Nyong'o. She's visiting she's her nephew. <laughs> she's visiting her nephew that was sprung upon her. No, I, I think, guess I think I'm right about this. I think she's going to because because Lupita Nyong'o says we have, you have a place to live at, with me after this in Haiti if we survive this. I think I think she abdicated the throne. Shuri, maybe I, I think I, she's I don't know Panther. if it's in, is it important. Yeah, it does, I don't. It's not important. Yeah. Typically, I'm the right. ruler I'm right. rules me me. me. I'm you right. might be right. I Me, don't know. I'm this right. is like the pro- <laughs> recording this the day after. We probably need more YouTube video watching. But uh, the uh, can I go back to the editing in one second? The end yeah. of the movie waterfall scene, that particular scene, what came after that? Do you remember? Because did they cut away to Shuri being with Nakia? Or did they cut so, away to... So the waterfall to... scene where Winston Duke steps up and says he wants to fight for the throne? Right, which I thought was a joke. You, you took literally, yeah. but that's fine. What came after that? It was the most bizarre cut. I was like, "Wait, what? What's?" Like I think it was epilogue. just. I think, I think it was just Shuri in the truck, right? I'm, I could be misremembering. I don't remember at all. I don't remember what came after that. I remember. I love the scene where Namor was like, "Hey, we lost, but we really won here. We got it. We got this powerful ally. I got their feet to the fire. This is, you know, we kicked their ass. But yeah, she's." tougher than me she figured me out in that scene oh by the way another you know spear through the guts doesn't kill a hero no nor does it leave a mark in the the costume by the way (laughs) we're in the year of impaled superheroes not dying no no yeah tony soprano could learn a thing or two from these marvel characters huh he gets one bullet to the gut and he's in a coma for a couple episodes meanwhile spider-man and black panther out here being impaled and just walking it off like no big deal Walking it off. Super soldiers, superheroes. Yeah, that, it, literally. Spoilers for The Sopranos, maybe? <laughs> no, it's the, like, maybe. 25 years later? 25 years later. Uh, I think I think this movie is still really darn good. I, I'm a little upset with the public getting on it, but I kind of am upset with myself for getting on it throughout this episode and doing the same thing. Like for a B, when you told me you were an 85 B and you had some frustrations, you sound a lot more positive on this than I was expecting you to be. Oh, okay. Uh, that's my worry because yeah. I, 
I want to be I want to be honest about this movie got the big things right. There's some little things that I'm annoyed with. That's every movie going experience for me. Hell, that's every best picture nominee for me. Essentially, right? Yeah. I mean, going MMOs past. This is why we we only we only go at the best, Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Punch right? up. I mean, mm-hmm. And so, when you get the type of movie that you're not expecting to get, if you could still reel me in with the story and the characters and the directing, and I still do give credit to the editing. I I, I guess that's a point of contention, but like if you can make it coherent and keep me invested, mm-hmm. which you know, I mean, this is one side of that coin, and the other side of the coin where that fails is something like Elvis, where it's just like both movies are basically a ton of information, and they're a fucking thousand miles a minute throwing it at you. It's yeah, the way in Elvis which they're handled. Was also, so much fun. I'm not. Did, yeah, did, I'm didn't not. you mean to say it was fun from start to finish, and <laughs> you gave it a high grade? I did, but I'm despite I'm saying, its ridiculous ridic- story, <laughs> I will give more credit to the directing and the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in something like this than something mm-hmm. like that. When it's a type of movie I'm going in for, and I get an unexpected. But watch whatever. Elvis. Comp- watch Elvis comp- be a surefire, no doubt about it. Editing nom. Yeah, right. And, right. And this one won't <laughs> get edited. Editing. <laughs> Elvis could even get director for Christ's sake, even which I would. Not, I would. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, Elvis, yeah. All credit in the world to Boz Lerman, but he was on LSD putting that movie together. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, you're a B for this movie. B eighty five, maybe eighty six. You might. I, have I had eighty seven B plus written down when I got home last night. Do we talk about the post or the mid credit scene? It's fun. What's wrong with it? Anybody has issues with it? I don't know. I don't understand them. The funniest I mean, thing, Mike, when... Mm-hmm. So it's this big emotional moment, right? Where where Lupita Nyong'o has got this little kid by the hand going up to Letitia Wright. And she's like, I want to introduce you to my son. And it's not said explicitly yet, and but everybody knows that's King T'Challa's son. Mm-hmm. And my whole theater is like gasping and, and like getting ready for this big emotional moment. And the woman next to me goes <laughs> completely unironically. She was not making a joke. She was dead serious because her friend had to correct her after the fact. She goes, how come she's alone? Where's that kid's father? Why is there no man in this picture? <laughs> <laughs> and their friend next to her had to be like, her fa- the father was, was Chadwick Boseman. She goes, oh. <laughs> All right. So th- that objection aside, <laughs> nobody like it's just it's fun. I mean, look, we're going to have we're going to have like the future future Avenger- Avengers in good hands. We have some potential for them. Let's just say you got Ant-Man's daughter. You're going to have Prince T'Challa. Sure. Let's just yeah. have it just complete nepotism. Why wouldn't you have an event like this is where <laughs> Disney Plus should go, right? Have the Avengers kids show. Super kids. Yeah. <laughs> super kids. Have no, I, I don't think it's necessary. Pets. It just feels good. All right, the next generation. It's just healthy. I mean, can, can we just have a healthy stinger scene? And we do. It's healthy. Your audience didn't clap after that? I'm so No, I'm they so didn't say a peep. So disappointed. Not I had peep. to. I like I had the hair standing up on my neck. I'm like, I, I gotta clap. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> well, 
as always, dear listener, we've uh, we've done our part here, parsing through what we think will be an Oscar-nominated movie, multi-time Oscar-nominated film. But we, as always, what matters most to us are your thoughts. What did you think about Wakanda Forever? What are your thoughts going into it versus what you actually got on screen? How did that disparity, that difference, or maybe that exactly right prediction you had play into how you feel about the movie coming out? Let us know those, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. As always, those can be left on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter for, you know, the next two weeks while Twitter is still functioning anyway. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. uh, We are available uh, everywhere. You hear pocket. It's been so long since I've done this outro properly. I'm just realizing. That's why I don't know what I'm saying. I kind of railroaded you last episode. Uh, (laughs) We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially the Apple Podcasts and Spotify apps. If you're listening to us on either of those places, if you appreciate what we do, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, uh, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Michael, you teased at the top of the episode what's coming next. Remind the good people. Let's have some words of wisdom to end on. Well, we have uh, guests that we got to reconnect with. Hopefully we can book those episodes and have a couple fun seasonal episodes that we like to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, repeat themselves. Those are always great. Uh, we have an Oscar race checkpoint where I think we'll do some, I mean, we'll do some os- a- actual Oscar race checkpointing. We got like three awards bodies that came out. The There's European Film Awards. For the, the Oscars now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a host. We, there was we something else that just dropped episode. this morning, too, I saw. Uh, what was it? A lot it? of news. A lot yeah. of news to talk about. I've seen a million more movies that uh, somehow I'm going to have to review at some point. I don't know if I can do them efficiently. Like, can I do... Can I just have, like, a... Fi- like, these are big movies we've been previewing all year. Banshees of Sharon, Till, Armageddon Time, Causeway, Weird, of course, which we both saw, but we probably have to review those movies at some point, which we kind of, I kind of liked all, all five of those. You know what we should do? Mm-hmm. You should give a one minute review per movie. And then I respond with 30 seconds. Cause I have this running list of mostly film realizations that I had while I was sick. And then you give a one minute movie review and then I'll respond with a 30 second realization about the industry, a half baked idea that I have while I was ill. And we can just go back and forth and talk past each other for like 15 minutes. As opposed to what? I had a muffin this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that upcoming on Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, I think we'll do film studies, uh, for future film studies. We're going to tackle the big movies and the, the movies that I think are, are fun to talk about. I'm not going to necessarily do a gush fest on the movies that we only love. Uh, we, we've kind of had issues with that in the past right i mean i like episodes like this where we're a little up and down a little more measured but the fablemans glass onion the whale those are kind of the the movies that i'm kind of targeting in my brain michael mm-hmm. i don't know if uh i don't know if we'll break for for ho- however many more film studies maybe decision to leave that's coming our way soon but we definitely want to do some more film studies and uh yeah that's that's there's a lot on the schedule right now uh, in terms of words of wisdom you know go support this film Go support Black Panther Wakanda forever. If you want more MCU entries like this, go to a repeat viewing. How about that? Yeah. You know, I mean, I like let's. That. I, mean, I, I really like this movie. I, I got the A-list. Maybe I'll go again. I'll make uh, AMC pay for a second ticket for me. Yeah. Especially they're they're losing this, money on me. This by is going to be another one that apparently is not going to be released in China and another international market that That's uh, just right. came across the wire today. So That's right. Uh, for, yeah, help- for just repugnant reasons, of course. by the way. Of course. So, yeah, help uh, beef up the, uh, I mean, look, we know Disney doesn't need the money, (laughs) but 
it's a nice way to honor Chad. We Bowen. have nice to make to... sure that they, that the cast and crew makes enough money on right. this that we're getting many more <laughs> movies like this, and we right. won't just get, you know, Letitia Wright saving the world, right? There with you a go. ticking time bomb, right? I mean, we yeah. don't want every I mean, look. It's nice to have an MCU movie with a ton of depth. That's you mm. know, it's as good as. I'd watch this before I watch The Manchurian Candidate, you know? Like, it's nice to have a political thriller. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. it was good. I think that's, yeah, it's a good place to leave it. So, guys, as always, uh, when life sucks or some of the reviews you've seen for this movie suck. <laughs> the reviewers suck. <laughs> you can come. Your words, not mine. You can come. Hang on. I'll take credit for it. I'll pretend I said it. <laughs> uh, you can come review the MCU and the Oscars with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See you.